Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today.
the best songs on the radio. This is my only favorite station. Make you mine now. Wonder where you are now. 
Reach. 
Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Much more sexy tracks coming up. Oh no, little Timmy's got hold of a marker pen. My wall looks like a coloring book. What am I gonna do? Flash! Ah! Cleans up the impossible! Wow, he's really made a mess. It's a pain, but we won't stress. In the hall, he's drawn overall. On the wall, lots of scrolls, but we can clean this up. Flash magic eraser, we love you. Flash! Ah! Cleans up the impossible. This tempo's way too slow to tell you all there is to know, so I'm going to speed it up. Here we go. When you're holidaying in Rome but you want it to look like you're at home, Hive Active lights will come on at night to make your living room nice and bright. Or if you left work in a hurry and you're trying to save some money, Hive Active plugs let you turn your appliances off whilst you're having your ear chewed off by your boss. How about you're at a romantic dinner for two and you want to check your kids home by curfew? Hive sensors monitor your front door so they won't be sneaking home late anymore. Whew. Because with Hive you control your home from your phone, from your lights to your plugs to your sensors. See what else you can control at HiveHome.com. Hive products work with Hive Hub. Requires broadband. Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. $7.99 a month after 30-day trial. Starts automatically. Terms apply. The best songs on the radio. This is my only favorite station. Much more sexy tracks coming up. Are you ready? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good afternoon and welcome to the NMF Podcast with me, Dennis. And good afternoon, Gather from Engines Made from Soup. <laughs> good afternoon, Dennis. Great, Great to, to catch you. up with you, mate. How are you keeping? I'm uh, keeping very well, Dennis. Yes, I'm here out in East London. I'm working in Leytonstone at the moment. Uh, but yeah, keep it keeping well. Nice bank hole. And uh, although the weather wasn't too great yesterday, was it? No. Good know, it's absolutely bucketing <laughs> down, but it's been on and off. It's warm. It's not cold. That's good news. So, Gareth, engines made from soup. Well, there's yes. an interesting name for a band. Care to enlighten us and tell us sure. who came up with that and what's it about? <laughs> 
Well, we, we struggle for names, as lots of bands do. Um, and I, I, at, at school, we were called Jaded Edge. And then we went a few, We went off to university. A few of us came back. Uh, three of us got back together. We called ourselves Ministry of Plenty. Uh, that was from 19, <laughs> George Orwell's 1984. And we thought that was a bit crap, to be honest with you, Dennis. <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> you quite like that. But it, we, yeah. we did at the time. And then we thought, oh, it's not really us. So uh, basically, we thought we're going to have to have a rethink here. And uh, I went into my, uh, my my dad had a little study at home. Uh, he worked at home a little bit and uh, he was a bit of a bookworm that never read books. And he collected all sorts of different books, Reader's Digest, this, that and the other. Anyway, he had a number of uh, kind of uh, visionary computing books, shall we say. Uh, book which I was flicking through uh, was was alluding to the the future te future technology of building machines from basic biological building blocks some nanotechnology and wow. one of the chapters in that book was called engines made from soup i just wrote it down i wrote it down so this is the idea of this building up a biological machine that you can computerize in some way and program i wrote it down amongst no a number of things Three of us sat in the pub and we went down our list. I was reading down my list. I got to engines made from soup. I didn't think of it any differently to anything else that I'd written down. And our guitarist, Steve, said, stop. He said, stop. That's it. That's it. So we were from then on. Although I would say that uh, one of our songs on the album, again, which we released in November 2020, the final song called A Point Insane, that had a working title of engines made from soup. And the idea around that is around kind of big bang scientific theory that out of nothing, uh, at a point in time, perhaps before then there was no meaning of time, uh, we, we get this uh, kind of creation of matter from energy and things evolving from small things and making the most of it while we've got time to enjoy it is the point of that song. And that very much ties in with the whole idea of engines made from soup. I really like to vacate, and I, I oh, really like it. Right. And what was the thinking behind that? And who does all your music writing? Is it a collaboration, or is it one of you just sort of? Yeah, it is a collaboration, uh, very much a collaboration. But uh, often one of us will take the lead. Uh, on vacate, our keyboardist Gareth, also my, my namesake Gareth, he he had an idea for this particular song, and he likes to develop um, a. About 40 to 50 percent of, of where he wants the song to go before he presents it to myself and Steve. Um, I'll talk about how we present our ideas later. But yeah, Gareth had this idea for the song Vacate. Um, a number of people have said that they don't like lockdown songs um, very much. Ours are very much disguised. This is a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a lockdown song. Um, it's it's a, it's really about just wanting to get out with friends, be with people and, uh, you know, just put the put, put the past behind us if we can. Um, you know, the, the weather's getting better, the conditions are getting better. It's very much that kind of outlook that you're just so glad to be amongst people again. And that's where Gareth had the idea about putting the crowd noises behind that, that sense of relief and celebration that we can all be together again. And it looks like at some point soon, we, you never know, that might be happening for us all very soon where we can freely be amongst friends and go off and do the kind of things we used to do without even thinking about what the rules are. So that's very much where that came from. But the real vibe around that song 
uh, w- was really Steve and the guitar. Um, a, lo- a, lot of, a lot of people have likened it to a kind of a Rolling Stones riff, and it very much has got that, but it's got a little bit more edge and gnarl to it. Um, and that completely, well, we lifted the vibe for both myself and Gareth. We put the vocals down. And uh, and then and then Steve does what he does brilliantly with lots of our songs is to find the spaces and to work on the spaces and to fill the spaces and uh, yeah that just gives it that whole um, but kind of energy kind of some people have likened it to kind of B fifty twos we get that yeah. that 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 uh, that kind of. Uh, jumpy little pop rock song uh, which gives you that feel good uh, and I'm really really glad you like it Dennis a lot of people really like that track I think if we could go back um, and we were so eager to put this album out in tw- at the end of 2020 we'd got uh, we got about 14 tracks something like that we discarded a few uh, we had 11 great tracks to go we had a great starting track we, we, the, it was the first track we did when we got back together a great ending track thought no this is great we'll just put the album out in actual fact, I think if we do it again, we'd probably put Vacate out as a single first. Uh, it, very, it is very much a single and it's been very well received by people. So, yeah, I'm glad you like it, Dennis. Yeah, I really like it. And B-52 is exactly what I was going to say. It sort of trips along nicely. And it, it's a, it's one of them songs you can just sit there in your car or your work yeah. or anywhere. It's one of them songs you can just sit yeah. and, and enjoy. And it's, it's beautifully written and beautifully produced. Oh, I'm, I'm, really glad, I'm really glad you like it. Yeah, we work a lot on on the production side of things uh since we came back from university quite a lot quite a number of years ago the three of us uh we 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 moved from say five six piece bands to just three of us so we couldn't do everything ourselves we're not rush you know (laughs) who can do everything themselves as a three piece and uh we we got into programming computers uh to do our drums and our bass and when we play live, we'd have to be really, really, really careful about the mix and production, because if things aren't mastered properly, things can sound very messy. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're kind of well practiced at that. So I'm, I'm really glad you like the production. Um, we, we very much talk about the structure of things as we go as well. You know, it's we, we start off with a, a song that might be about two minutes worth, a minute and a half worth. And then we start to think about what the song needs how the song might end and it's very much a collaborative effort from there on but yeah gareth gave us about 40 50 percent of that song and then it was uh you know just a gradual process just to build it and build it and build it and yeah glad you like it absolutely fantastic the structure is brilliant the whole production is brilliant what business how did you guys all come to meet and where did you all meet tell us a bit about you guys sure well um we're all from Merseyside in in England, and Gareth and I we met at secondary school uh, on the edge of Liverpool. So we were at Prescott, Liverpool, and we were at Prescott School together, and that's where we met at secondary school. And we got a band together about a third year of secondary school. I'll, as lots of listeners will will probably empathise with, and have probably done exactly the same kind of thing. And uh, your, you know, your band goes through kicking out various people various times. <laughs> and uh, we went, we went through a number of guitarists, uh, one of whom is still one of my very best friends. But uh, she had to go, I'm afraid. And we wrote in a friend of mine called Steve, who I'd known for a longer period of time. So Steve's our guitarist, and uh, we went to Scouts together in St Helens. So. Um, my kind of Liverpool accent, I lived in Liverpool from an early age. Um, my Liverpool accent's very much been tempered by my days in Scouts, where everyone thought 
our foot go touch shop, like Johnny Vegas, for example. So, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, and, and they were there's literally 200 yards where people would be talking. One, you know, 200 yards away, one one person would talk like Stephen Gerrard in the middle of Prescott, and then in St Helens they'd be talking like Johnny Vegas, and you literally <laughs> such the, the divide is. Uh, so Steve had to come in. I'd, I'd known Steve since we were in Cub Scouts, so we were like seven or eight, yeah, eight, something like that. And uh, I'd known Steve was teaching himself he's a self-taught guitarist a really excellent one obviously and uh i knew of his capabilities uh, and i when 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 push came to shove and we were looking to move the band forward at school in about our fourth or fifth year i said i know the guy who can come in and help us here steve came in and uh yeah we reverted we reverted to a four piece uh with a bassist so the three of us who were still in the band myself gareth and steve our bassist was andy andy laidlaw um and he he played bass and we also had keyboards gareth actually played drums we had phil playing keyboards and gareth was playing drums at that point um so then yeah, we, we, we then left school after our sixth form days. We kind of went off to university. Lots of us doing the safe thing to do. We didn't think that, uh, well, it, we didn't take the risk in trying to just go for it as a band and looking back and how we sounded. Uh, we fitted in with a lot of the sounds of those days, you know. Uh, looking back on it, we think, oh, maybe we could have had a shot. But, you know, it's a lot of luck and stuff and you're right, in the right place at the right time. And actually in Liverpool at the time, we were just a little bit too young. Um, listeners may know about the, the the famous Eric's Club on Matthew Matthew Street in Liverpool, which was, yeah. you know, promoting um, Teardrop Explodes, Echo and the Bunnymen, um, Steve, uh, Pete Wiley, uh, the Mighty War, and and all those bands. They were all about five, four or five years older than us. So you imagine them at 19. We were only 13, 14 at the time. So kind of getting in on that wave, it just what we just did, we just missed that wave. And then, and then of course, the wave transferred to Manchester and uh, some, you know, the New Order, Joy Division, um, Stone Roses and Smiths and so on. That, that's where the wave carried on out there. And uh, I was lucky enough to myself to go to Manchester University. So I, I rode the wave as a, as, a, as a huge fan of all the music that was going on. So I had the best of both worlds, but we didn't. We didn't push ourselves um, after school as a band. But then when we came back after university, three of us, we kind of moved back to our family homes. And myself, Gareth and Steve thought, you know what, let's uh, let's get into this. And it was just that the I, I work in a school and um, I was kind of knew that I knew our head of music very well. And they were using technology there computers some of your listeners may be aware of the kind of the early days of music computing and if you had a, an atari computer you had a midi interface built into the computer which they could then connect to synthesizers and they had the very expensive software so i borrowed this stuff and we kind of then started composing i learned how to use uh, c lab notator and uh, we were there composing writing downloading to midi file players and before you knew it we had a, a midi file player playing about three synthesizers while we were singing live playing keyboards live guitars live and uh that, that then that went that, that that's where that's where we ended up at, at post university but then family life took us to all different parts of the country and um it hasn't been since we've, we've kept in touch but we we couldn't rehearse together you would have had to have done if you were a band um you know 10 years or so ago but um now we've been able to collaborate with amazing technology uh, with great setups at our homes, we can 
we can produce the kind of music we want to produce, but without actually meeting. So we're looking now at uh, how we're going to get back together and start putting things up, put a live set together, which is going to take a bit of time, but we're determined to do that. And it may, it may be acoustic sets that we do to start off with, but um, we're looking forward to the days when we can put on a, on a full live set. We've just got to work out the, the technology and the arrangements about, but it's definitely doable. Well, look, Gareth, social media has been criticised and praised at the same time for its yeah. influence in the musical industry. How has social media benefited you, or has it been negative? Oh, it's it's only it's only been positive. I think that without social media, we would not have been able to be, get heard. Uh, the, the the fact that I'm talking to you today, Dennis, is through social media. I got I got to know about you guys through. Uh, links with people on Twitter mainly. I've got to say Twitter is the main uh, kind of voice of people shouting, hey, I've got some music. Hey, listen to this. Hey, I can help you here. Um, or hey, I've had some help here. You know, um, And there, there's, there's lots of great people who want to showcase great music and, and not have to experience just what um a, a slice of what's out there musically that that music uh kind of uh in the music industry puts a lot of money into to make sure they're making money um music's much more than just money it's about it's about feel it's about attitude it's about how it makes you react inside it's about you being a human it's the heartbeat of us all we believe and uh it's been great to uh, to 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 listen to other musicians who I would never have heard of because of social media, you know some of the radio plays that we've had, and thanks to all the guys that have been that that, that have played our songs, um, I, I, I listen to them to in, and, and get the thrill out of that and the buzz out of that when people say that they like it. But I also really enjoy listening to some other music I, I would not necessarily have listened to, um, and so I think that's been a, a really positive thing. But it, it's it's open. It opens your eyes to how much music there is out there, and uh, there's a, there's only an opportunity for you know a handful of artists to be, you know, the, the huge superstars of of music. And not we're not in it for that particularly anyway. We we, we haven't got any great illusions of of, of that. Uh, but we do. We as most musicians would would say, they just want. We, they they we like to get our music heard, and social media is certainly helped us to do that so you know we can we can put little snippets little little video kind of uh, pre-save videos out there or little funny videos our music distributor online distributor DistroKid, has helped us uh, immensely with being able to put little, little um, pr promo pics out uh, little promo videos out it's all great fun it really is and we've got a number of people now who are um, who are engines made from soup fans, and they wouldn't have been without social media. Um, so I, I've not seen me many negatives with it. Although uh, perhaps my wife would say there's, there are some negatives with it because it's it's it, it is quite addictive. Constantly um, <laughs> looking to see how I can promote this, how I can promote that. Uh, you know, we, for example, we've got a single out at the moment called Ceremony, uh, which. For Joy Division, New Order song. This is New Order's yep. first single, and um, it's. I, I'm looking for people who are interested in the band and interested in the song, and I'm 
and and I'm, I'm saying, right with social media. Well, try and listen to engine made from soup version of it. So, so that's just, just one example of that. Just trying to reach out, but it certainly helps us to reach out, um, especially in the days where bands can't really play live much at the moment. It certainly helps us to reach out. But I've not, yeah, I, I think it's been mainly mostly positive, Dennis. Looking at ceremony again after I liked it again, Joy Division. Whose idea or who came up with the idea to cover it? Well, I've, that was Steve's idea, our guitarist. Um, we oh, can we I just say, Gary, for it, it's an excellent cover, by the way. It's brilliant. My oh, mate, right yeah, my mate's got in the car. He just messaged me then. He said, I thoroughly enjoy this. This is brilliant. Who are these guys? So I've just sent him your whole bio link. He really oh, enjoyed thanks. it. He's a big Joy Division fan. So thank you. Um, well, thanks very much for that, Dennis, and thanks to your to your mate. It was Steve's idea that we that we where we headed towards ceremony. We'd we'd done the album at the end of 2020. We'd had uh, Christmas off, and we'd we'd started talking to each other at mid end of February about what we should do next. And we were thinking, right, well, let's just uh, you know dust ourselves down a little bit. Let's 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 go for a cover uh, just to get us back in the swing of things. And um, Gareth and I both said. Uh, Gareth, the keyboardist, and me, the lead singer, we said, look, we, yeah, fine doing a cover, but we're not going to do a cover where we just replicate what's been done before. And Steve's in a number of bands. He's, he lives in Fife in Scotland, and um, one of his bands called London Links, as in London, which is a place in Fife, London Links. Sorry, yep. so it's called London Calling, it's called. Sorry, London Links is the place, and his band's called London Calling. Just a plug for, uh, for his Fife band there. They're a great covers band. So you turn up to your pub and you you know you go for a few drinks and night out, whatever it is, and you'll hear an hour and a half, hour and three quarters of fantastic covers, and they are great representations of the songs. But Gareth and I said, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not copying um, a, a song. Steve mentioned, uh, well, what about Ceremony? And I'd always thought with Ceremony that um, it all sounded like it had an element of, could have an element of keyboard in there, especially that hooky bass. Yeah, like definitely. It starts off, which is very much a left-hand piano. Um, now, we didn't start with a left-hand piano on that. It ended up being a, on the left-hand piano on that bass line that he starts off with. Well, we experimented with all sorts of different things. And what Steve was a little bit kind of entrenched in where Bernard Sumner's guitar was. And we, we, we moved it around and shifted it around because we really wanted it to be very different. But one of the great things about this song, Dennis, for us and producing this was Gareth, re our keyboardist, really didn't remember the song very well. I think Steve and I were massive, were massive New Order fans. Um, and following Ian Curtis's death, we, we, we really got into Joy Division. We were a little bit too young to have followed them in the, in the late 70s. But by the time it got to the early 80s and they'd, re they'd released the album Still and a reflection on everything that they'd done, we were covering Ice Age from Still as the band. And we were really, really into Joy Division. And I, and I can't, I can't, I'm just in awe of Ian Curtis's voice, his, his voices. Well, we'll never hear anything like that again. Um, so we wanted to we wanted to kind of give a, give a great representation of it. But our words were we wanted to put our stamp on it. So it was going to be warm vocals. I wasn't going to try and uh, replicate Ian Curtis. I mean, there aren't many recordings of Ian Curtis singing the song or indeed Bernard Sumner singing the song. And I was going to try and add the warmth into it. And we, we determined as well to get um, much more warmth into this song. Um, than, than Joy Division had. By the way, we think Joy Division's, uh, and sorry, New Order, everyone knows it's a New Order's first single. We think it's a total classic. 
we're totally in awe yep. of the song. But we just wanted to put our stamp on it. So one thing we've introduced in there is harmonies, which have never been, as far as we know, sung on uh, sung on ceremony. So we had harmonies in there. We we reworked the guitar to where we felt the guitar riff came would would, would sit better. And we we wanted to make it a bit more of a compact song as well because it's a it's a song that that New Order do that builds and builds with energy and energy and energy, and 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 just allows it to carry on and carry on carry on we wanted to have it a little bit more succinct succinct we wanted to build up have a bit more warmth switch things around a little bit and it, the the major guitar riff that bernard sumner does the da, 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 we completely moved that that was right at the, near the start of the song uh and, and coinciding with the with the verse but we've got that now after the chorus so we've, we've kind of reworked it in terms of where we think things are, where we think things should be in a, that suits us. And it's uh, the way we've structured it suited our build up with adding strings in. And we, we like to feature strings where we can. We like to feature our harmonies where we can. And we we're, and the guitar riffs that Steve well, would come up with on, on, on our songs are very, very important to us. And we wanted those to stand out a little bit away from where the original was. And we wanted it to build up. We've added some percussion in there that comes in at the end um, and added and layered the guitars up at the end to give a nice little crescendo out. Um, and we were so pleased with it that we thought, do you know what? This, this, is, this has got our stamp on it. This sounds like, if you didn't know the song and you listened to our album, you'd say that was perhaps, you know, it's 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 us. It's engines made from soup, and um, we it all coincided with the the fortieth um, anniversary of the release of the single as well by by New Order, and the forty first anniversary of the sad death of the lead singer of Joy Division, Ian Curtis. Yep. And they were such a dear band, and still are New Order to us. We thought, no, you, you know, New Order's got their own style, very distinctive. Georgia Vision, very distinctive. We can, we if we can do this in our style and do it justice, and 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 I think we did. We we we're very proud of it, and I'm glad you and uh, the people you know, Dennis, enjoy it too. Um, yeah, we're very proud of it. Yeah, it was beautifully written, beautifully done. You know, like I say, I, I've you. not had anything like it or anything similar. But it, it, it doesn't take away from the original. It's just your take on it, and it's brilliant. Yeah. And I, I think, to be honest, it compliments to, to compliment each other. Yeah, good. Yeah, I, th I, th I think I think you're right. Um, you you can have completely different versions, and I think we've 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 stayed true to the song itself, and the and the the emotion behind it as well. And we very much see the emotion of the song being Ian Curtis's lyrics of a time when he was mentally falling apart and, you know, had suffered from mental illness. And I think he, we, we, we very much see it as his fear of his wife leaving him and leaving him alone and, yeah. and, and, and watching forever. Um, and, the, and that idea of the ceremony being a, uh, him seeing things as a different story to everybody else and, and, and the direction that, the, that this whole thing takes. And he's very much seeing it as a, as a as a watching forever his his partner his wife uh, leaving him but then watching over him forever um, we've got a I don't know the little plug from us Dennis but we've got a, a merch range as well and uh, we've, we've yeah we've we've uh, we've taken out the the statue that's um, that that features on the the single artwork um, that I took at a place called Rest Park in Bedfordshire. 
of this statue. And I, in the back of my mind, when I took it, I thought, I know this is going to come in useful. And I couldn't believe the coincidence of, uh, of, of it when I, when I thought this statue just represents a watching forever. And, uh, and that's our kind of, uh, that, that's, so our, we've got a watching forever range, Dennis, where you've got this statue and you can get it and the, and the words watching forever and you can get all sorts of different variants of it from long sleeve sweatshirts to T-shirts and mugs and, and, and this, that and the other, lots of other, other paraphernalia. <laughs> so, um, Gareth, yeah. how do you guys get that? Have you just got a website the guys can reach out to and, and purchase these goods? Yeah, if you uh, if the best thing to do is to go to our Twitter page, and there's there's you get a chance to put one link at the top of your Twitter page, and it's a link tree, uh, link page, um, and it's I, I yeah I, I can't remember the exact link on it. But if you the best thing to do is search for engines made from soup on Twitter, and right at the top of the Twitter page there's a link you can click on, and then that gives you the links to the single, where you can stream the single ceremony, where you can stream the album. It also gives a link to our Dizzy Jam merch store. And also we've got some songs on SoundCloud that uh, we recorded uh, before we reformed recently. So there's some stuff on SoundCloud there that we that we uploaded about three years ago on there. So I can give you the if I have a little look up. Well, um, if you've got any more questions for me, I can I can look, look it up now uh, and just give you the. The address it's uh, it's it's link t r so l i n k t r dot e e forward slash e m f s as in for engines made from soup e m f s so it's link t r dot e e forward slash e m f s and so that's you're listening, you guys. You can get hey, guys, if you're listening, here's your chance to get hold of some amazing merchandise. Gareth, my first, sing- my first single was a song called As Time Goes By by the Rolling Stone. What was yours? The first single I bought? Yeah, what was your first single? Mine, mine was As Time okay. Goes By. What a great question, and I've got the answer for you. It was My Kukachu by Alvin Stardust. My Kukachu. Yep. I want to be a my Kukachu. Kukachu, yeah, I know that. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was my Kukachu. I was uh, a young lad in Liverpool, and I think um, for something like my seventh or eighth birthday, in about 1972, 73, something like that, I got a record player. And uh, yeah, I used to save up to go and buy a record every few weeks. And uh, so I was buying things. I bought Alvin Starters, and it was Mud, uh, Dynamite by Mud. And then there was a bit of Slade track in there, somewhat a sweet track. Uh, yeah, I know Paul Gadd is a bit of a you know a bit you know a bit of criminal, but I also bought Gary Glitter stuff and things, and uh, yeah, just 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 loved music, just loved pop music, and it was Mickey Chapman, I think, at the time who was producing some of the most incredible music, you know, all the mud stuff and everything, just sounded amazing. I just love those experiences of when you hear something for the first time, you cannot believe what you're hearing. I just re- I remember at university hearing How Soon Is Now by the Smiths for the first time at the University Cellar Club bar, for example, and it just uh, hearing wow. that loud, a Johnny Marr's guitar and the effect he has on that guitar at the start of that song, it just blows your socks off. And it was like that for me with Mud. It was, you know, when you hear Tiger Feet for the first time, how that's neat, richly that's, that's produced. And, and that, really that, bug, that just got me the bug with music. I just couldn't stop listening to music after that. I still play that now. Absolutely love Tiger Feet. Yeah. Some people don't know what Mersey Beat is and how big an influence Mersey Beat is to the music industry. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's difficult to describe Mersey Beat in some ways because there there are so many different genres of bands yeah. that have come from Liverpool that people would say, no, nah, they don't. They don't. So if I said to you the real thing, yeah. you'd say, well, they're from New York, aren't they? Well, no, they're not. They're, they're yeah. from Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if you if you listen to a song like Valerie that everyone thinks that Amy Winehouse wrote, well, it wasn't. It, it was, was Mark Runs. It was, it was. Well, no, it wasn't Mark Ronson. It was the Zoo. Oh, no, it's a straight eye from... Dave McCabe, who went McCabe to I from Liverpool, eh? Yeah, the Zootons. And if you think, you know, and you, you think about all the, you know, think about Ian McNabb, High School Works, My Heroes, Echo and the Bunny Men, you know, Ian McCulloch, Will Sargent and the, and, the, and the gang. And you think about, you know, Augusta Maneuvers in the Dark and China Crisis, all those different types of bands. I, 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 it never ceases to amaze me how soulful the, the Liverpool music scene actually is. It's much more soulful than people think that it, that, that it is. I mean, you might think Mersey Beat is very much kind of Beatles and Jerry and the Pacemakers and so on, but it, it's morphed into much, much, much more than that now. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's really still very, very, very soulful music. Um, and um, yeah, at, at times I really, because I, I live in North London now, and at times there are times when I do really, really, really do miss the city. And, and that's listening, uh, listening to and going to see music in the city and uh, seeing, going to see music and bands that I would never, ever have had a clue about. Um, there was one time we, we, we last played together in Liverpool in the Cabin Club, and it was kind of a, a, a band competition night, but it was really, really, really well attended. And we got beat massively by a band that I swear it was Jamiroquai. I absolutely swear it was JK. They were so good, so tight, so funky. Um, and, and, and that just pleased me so much that we, that we were beaten roundly by um, such a fantastic sound. Um, and I think that's the in, innovation behind yeah. Liverpool. I'll give you another example. Peter Burns, you know, of um, Dead yeah, or I... Yeah, and, and we used to go down to Probe Records on Matthew Street and uh, try and chat with P Peter. And I think it, 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 it kind of gave us, uh, it was very progressive and still is very progressive and very experimental. And um, yeah, that's Mers that's, it mean, that's what Mersey Beat means to me anyway. What was your first live performance like? Where was it and how oh. did it go for you guys? Oh, gosh, it will have been at school. It, yeah, I, I remember it was, it was at school and I think it was before a school disco. And um, I think we were allowed to play four songs. And I just remember it, it must have been something like 1979, 80, something like that. And you can imagine the kind of era we were in. We'd, we'd yeah. been, we were just into the post-punk era, but we weren't good enough to be post-punk. We were only really good enough to be really full on punk, and um, so there was a lot of kind of shouting <laughs> into microphones, and there was a lot of there was a lot of variations of E and A chords as far as I can remember, and uh, a lot of straightforward drum beats and, and a lot of uh, attitude. I think we could say, and I think it went okay actually. You know how it went? I think I remember it being okay. I remember my brother was doing the lights. 
my bro- uh, he was doing that. He was doing the lights on the stage, and I remember there being warm, rich lighting and and stuff. He put a lot of effort into that. I think I think it kind of looked okay. It may have sounded a bit rough around the edges, but that's what a lot of music was sounding like at the time. So uh, yeah, at school, Dennis, that's a, uh, that's our first gig, and then we did you know quite a number of gigs in pubs and stuff around the place. And as I said, we played Cavern and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, there we are, first one at school. If you could open for any act. Who would you most like to open for? Oh, crikey. And it could be alive or dead. I mean, past or present. If you could open for anybody, who would you most like to open for? Crikey, that's a really good question. And one I've not thought about before. Immediately comes into my mind Echo and the Bunny Men. But wow. um, I'm, I'm scared of meeting my heroes. I think, and I, 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 I don't, you know, and actually some of my school friends um, who were a couple of years below us actually managed the Echo and the Bunny Men and have done for many, many years. And I've been in a couple of after-show things, but me and McCulloch's never showed up, and I couldn't get near anywhere near Will Sargent to have a chat with. But I guess if we were supporting them, we would have to meet them. Um, and I'm really scared <laughs> of meeting my heroes. Um, but so that, that's a one. And so I'll park that. And uh, um, ooh, who would I like to support most? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with James. I think then I'm going to say I'm going to say James for people who are who I think uh, I, I think we'd really really get on with on a kind of a um, a band to band level, you know, ma- masterpieces, masters of the art, uh, but also I think who would be really quite supportive and warm towards us. And I've always felt when I've seen James live, and I, and they've always blown my socks off. And Tim Booth is a massive massive hero of mine vocally. Um, whenever I've seen them live, I've just seen these re- a really, really nice bunch, a warm bunch of people who have fun together, who, yeah. who, who want to enjoy it, who want to en- want fans to enjoy it. Um, whereas with my ultimate hero, Mac Ian McCulloch, what he wants to do is impose himself upon everybody, quite rightly, because he is a rock god. Yeah. Um, but with Tim, <laughs> I see a, a warmer character who might just take me under his wing or might help us out a bit. You know, if, if push came to shove, but I can't see Mac uh, doing that. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, I'm desperate to get Tim on the podcast. I've sort of reached out to him. I really think he's an amazing wow, guy. It'd yeah. be great to chat to him. Yeah, no, so, I'd, love to, I'd love to meet him. What's a day in the studio life like for you guys? What, what's, how does a day in the studio go for you guys, and what's it like? Well, it's it's been a while since we've been actually in the studio together because, as I said to you, Dennis, we're doing a we're doing a lot of it with uh, online now. We've each got a a uh, great setup in our homes where we've got a uh, good a good little space to work in and some good microphone equipment and interfaces and so on so we will collaborate online and build things up layer by layer by layer online um but uh, in in when we the, the last time we were in the studio we we'd be we'd be going into the studio as soon as we could after whatever work we've been doing so we'd be in the studio from I'd say probably about three o'clock when we could early get there and we'd be there till probably till one um, and just making sure we got uh, the right engineer with us is the, is the most important thing for us when we're in the studio and we're, we're very, we'd have to wait for the right person to come to us. And when we were, when we were last in the studio in Warrington in Cheshire, it would be Dickie who'd be helping, who'd be working his wonders with us. And we need someone we can trust and someone who can be that fourth member of the band because um, you've got a, the, the the one frustration we have with 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 being in the in the studio is that um, you you haven't got unlimited time. It's not like we can go to uh, these incredible 
places that you see these bands go to for like a for six weeks you book out six weeks if you stay there and you live there you've got a finite time and by the time you come out that's what it's going to be um so i'd i'd always be kind of having one eye on what our engineer is doing to help us produce it because if there's one we, we've learned that you know it's, songwriting is one thing one element great songwriting is one element great playing is another element but great production and mastering use of techniques and and technology is, is another um so we'd always make sure we had dicky by our side because he, he he knew he knew what we were about really um but then it's 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 just about for, for us it was just about time evaporating and and, and getting things done by the time that it, that that we had in the studio um but with 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 working online now dennis we've we've got on you know we can we can stretch things out and if yeah. i've listened to a track two days later that we've we pretty much think we're there and i'm thinking do you know what my vocal i need to do something about it which is great when you're in a when we put when we recorded in the past there's a few things that nobody else notices you know most people don't notice but i i notice a couple of things and uh, and, uh, and uh, one thing that about a studio is it's just the pressure to come out and not have any um any regrets or any disappointments um but uh, we've been able to with the with the online technology iron those things out um so we we are constantly um chatting to each other on whatsapp at the moment you know at the moment around what we're doing we'll put something down we'll give critique to each other and we can be and we're hard with each other as well um and critical because you need to be if you're going to get something done really really well we have a lot quite a lot quite a lot of arguments about it we'll be on we'll, we'll go on zoom and uh, have a pint just to reflect and listen um and uh yeah we feel like we've got unlimited time in the studio with with, with, the, with the setup that we've got at the moment um but it doesn't you know it doesn't replace actually physically being with each other which we, we want to do at some point in the future but uh yeah, we're we're enjoying collaborating online. We we got good setups at our homes, which we're lucky to have. So that's good. Gareth, there's been some amazing festivals and concerts over the years. If you go back and you perform in any concert, Glastonbury, Isle of Wight, all that sort of thing. Well, is there any concert stand that you think I wish we I wish we'd been there? I wish we could be there. Oh gosh, another great question. Um, I'd my my favourite concerts are are those concerts which are kind of kind of intimate you know they they are not in your massive venues or 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 even outdoor venues i'm not i'm, I'm not a major huge outdoor festivals to be honest to go and watch a gig so my 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 favorite venues would be uh, kind of the the smaller more intimate venues and i think the best venue been to that gets the most people in without shadow of a doubt for me is Brixton Academy amazing um, it is inc- it's an incredible place um I took uh, a mate of mine we both took our daughters to see Imagine Dragons they were when they were about 15 16 just watching their faces enjoy this band we just kind of sat back and had a few beers you know and they're a really good band but uh, our daughters were really into it and and it's like it's just got such a good a really good rake on it it's confined it's it's beautiful i've seen you know i've seen a number of uh really great performances there i, I mentioned james before i think that's one of the best gigs i've ever seen at the, the brixton academy james put on such a fantastic event so um 
I, I don't know whether that's, that's a, well, answer your question with a specific event, but I, I would love to play Brixton Academy. I would absolutely love it. Um, that would be uh, <laughs> a dream come true if uh, someone was supporting us and we were the main act on at Brixton Academy and it was a full house of people who knew our music and wanted to be there and wanted to sing along with the songs, that would, that would be my ultimate, I, th- I, th- I think. Everybody has a musical influence and our music changes throughout the years, genres change. Who has been your inspiration? Who are your musical go-tos? I think I've mentioned quite a number of them. I'd say, um, I'd, I'd definitely say Ian McCulloch. Yep, and, and and Echo and the Bunny Men, they're a huge influence on us. I'd say David Bowie as well. I'd say uh, Smiths um, and Morrissey, especially. I mean, I, they they, they and uh, Johnny Johnny Mars Johnny Mars guitar. I'd say I'd say New Order. Uh, you know, we're covering one of their songs, uh, the the Cure, Robert Smith. Um, an amazing vocals and pop music, just making pop music sound great. Uh, and I'd say my final one would be uh, Sir Ian McNabb. I'd say. <laughs> oh yeah. As a as a, and and if listeners haven't seen uh, Mr. McNabb perform live, please go and see him. He's absolutely. Uh, yeah, Julian as well i'd say Ju- i'd say julian cope as well and both of them are really well worth seeing as solo performers now they're they really are very funny intelligent funny witty guys who've written some amazing songs and uh, an evening with one of those two guys is it, i'd recommend thoroughly to your listeners so i'd go for i'd perhaps go for in my singing um yeah a combination of ian ian mcculloch tim booth <laughs> Morrissey and Sir Ian McNabb. It's a hell of a night that would if you got all them in one in one. Yeah. That would be it. It would be great, wouldn't it? It, would be, it, would, it, would, it really would be fantastic. I think that would be one of them parties that started in a Friday and ended on a Tuesday. <laughs> it certainly would. And if you read, uh, if you read their autobiography, so that you've got, I would really recommend people if you want to read a, a, a rock and roll biography, read Ian McNabb's Mersey Beast. And you mentioned you mentioned Mersey Beat before. Yeah, one of Ian McNabb's songs is Mersey Beast, and he, his his self titled uh, biography that he wrote himself was is Mersey Beast, and it's a fantastic read. It really is, uh, going from his his early days and his his musical upbringing through to the the massive rock and roll days with Crazy Horse in America, where he released his album, uh, which was called Head Like a Rock. And that that album was nominated for the Mercury Prize in the mid '90s, I think. I can't quite remember when. And then there's the uh, the Julian Cope autobiography as well, called Head On, and it that is ap- the both absolutely fascinating. And if you want an insight into the rock and roll years, rock and roll life, read McNabb. If you want an insight to that late '70s, early '80s, Eric's in Liverpool, then read Julian Cope's. Uh, um, autobiography. They're, they're both fantastic. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. There are so many musical platforms out there just now. Do you think radio still is important? I, I do, although you're quite right to point out there's so many platforms and I, I'm just a bit um, concerned people 
make their own radio stations with these never-ending playlists that people come up with. And people think that because they've got a playlist of 100 songs, that that's, they're the 100 songs that matter and they're the only 100 songs that matter. Whereas um, you just you need a way of being introduced to new music um, and you need a way of being introduced by new music uh, by people that you know are kind of into the same things that you are, that you're not being pushed something. I mean, these uh, Spotify playlist algorithms, these new music Friday things and Apple do the same and stuff, you're, you're being fed stuff that people are actually paying for to get you fed. And what you're not listening to is the real grassroots of music where people, yeah, even if they could afford it, don't actually want to pay. Um, we don't want to pay some um, playlist pusher who will charge us 500 quid for a campaign to get our single on a bunch of playlists. We don't want that at all. What we want is people to listen to our music and come across our music and say, God, that's, that's really good. I'm going to give that another listen. Or to listen to it and think, well, that was fair enough, but not, not particularly for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, there's just not quite enough of people coming across music by accident. Uh, you've kind of been fed it. People have been yeah. fed this fodder through their playlists and stuff like that. So I think, I think uh, radio's very, very much got its got its place where you haven't got a clue what's coming next from the playlist you've got you have got a clue what's coming next you just scroll down and have a look but it's great when you haven't got a clue what's coming next it's just uh the you know it's getting those radio stations out there and they do get out there via the internet but they're not necessarily on your car dab radio system where you can click on and, and hear you know steve garnett from revival radio playing his top 40 or you'll listen to Madgers on the radio playing his untapped project because he's just into a load of bands that he's heard and um, he's, he only plays the ones that he really really loves and uh, and you guys picking up on, on on us for example you know you you've you've heard us you you're you're into your music you're thinking we might be interesting and, and might be worth talking about and um, it's such a pleasure to be on like New Music Friday pl um, places like this because people are and your listeners are really into their music and up for the unexpected and isn't yeah. it amazing when you I, I mentioned like hearing how soon is now for the first time i remember hearing um funky town by lip sync for the first time you know and and it was you know it was just at a um on on the radio in southport somewhere and i, and I just thought, i can't believe i'm hearing this i've got to go and find that out isn't it great when we stumble across things by accident? Brilliant. It's amazing. It's amazing how you find so much music out there. And if, yeah. you know, you're just scouting through and you go, oh, that sounds nice. I've listen to that. Sometimes Absolutely. it's just, sometimes it's a name. You know, your name stood out. And I thought, yeah. oh, let's, let's, let's have a listen, you know. And I thought, wow, I like this. And yeah. what's today? You know, it's cool. as simple as that. Uh, obviously, we have CDs, we have digital, or we have vinyl. Yeah. Which yeah. one are you? <laughs> Well, we're very much digital at the moment. But if you ask me, I mean, I suppose I am digital. Yeah. I am digital. I mean, I, I, I stopped being vinyl um, the day that, oh, really unfortunately, when I was at university, I, uh, I was doing kind of a lot of, D, I was doing a kind of a lot of DJing with a number of, with two or three other guys. And uh, it wasn't anything like DJs do today, scratching and mixing this, that and the other. It was just that we had a, we had a group of us, uh, one at one,
the eight till ten slot with any stuff that we didn't want to play. And I did all the alternative stuff, and a mate of mine did all the electronic stuff and everything. And uh, oh, one night I just had a, far too much to drink, unfortunately, and and my record cases were stolen. And oh, no. uh, I never really replaced them. I couldn't really afford to replace. I had some real, real rare stuff, real rare Manchester stuff, load of kind of charlatans and uh, stone roses, and uh, I, 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 I had all sorts of rare stuff. And it really, it really got me, you know. And uh, I never really replaced it. So I got into CDs then very quickly because I could store more stuff on CD and um, and then you know you grow up and you have kids and stuff and then you've got nowhere to put stuff CDs you've got enough plastic toys around the house to, to take up far too much space and um, so I, I've very much been happy with with, with digital I, I, I'm not one of these people who yearn for the return of, of, of vinyl maybe if, if as I get older and my house gets sparser because my kids are leaving and stuff and and all their stuff's leaving with it I can return to um, some uh, to a decent amplifier a turntable and some decent speakers although I would say you know if you want me to put my money on how I'd prefer to just sit and listen to it a friend of mine um, lives in Nottingham. He we went up to see him recently, and he's very, very much into his vinyl. Played um, "Atmosphere" by Joy Division. Back to Joy Division again, and he put the twelve-inch of Joy Division on on his turntable wow. with his uh, with his fantastic amplifier and speakers, and it it literally nearly blew me away. It just blew me away, and I just thought I don't. And we agreed that no CD can sound as good as that. It it was it was just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, sorry, I've gone a long way around it. I, I'm, I'm now I'm now I'm now digital <laughs> for my sins. For my it's sins. okay. I mean, I'm honestly, I, I've I've got a vinyl collection, and I love my vinyl, and uh, you know, I like the sound of Chris to it. But ultimately, the, the digital platform is, is fantastic for me, especially you know, yeah. and access. It gives me access yeah. to so much music, more music as well. I yeah. always ask this to my guests. Okay, so you're on a tour. You're in, say, Las Vegas. You're in a fancy yeah. hotel. You're on your way. You've had a great gig. You're on your way yeah. down to meet the lads in the bar and you get stuck in an elevator. Who would you most like to be stuck with in an elevator and who would you least likely want to be stuck in an elevator with? <laughs> well, it depends whether my wife's listening or not, isn't it? <laughs> Careful. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the, the one answer would could possibly be Elizabeth Hurley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could, that could be one answer. I'll tell you what, um, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, we were talking about uh, great front, man, front men or front women of bands. And I mentioned, we, I, my wife also went to Brixton Academy and when we were talking about this one person, she was talking about Chrissy Hind. And wow, yeah. yeah. And I, and I said, if I'd seen Chrissy Hind when you did in 19-whatever-it-was, 70-something or eight, early 80s, I said, I would probably have died of, of, of just, just sheer delight, you know, to see this amazing rock star in front of you. So um, I, th I think if it's a, fe if it's a female rock star, I'd, I'd really like to, to, to chat with Chrissy Hind. Um, if it was anybody else, who would I like to, to be in the lift with? Do you know what? I think, I think I'd like to be in the same lift as Paul McCartney, Sir Paul, um, and my my Sir Paul comes from uh, the same part of Liverpool that my dad was from, from 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 Walton in South Liverpool, 
and um, I've got I'd, I'd, I'd just like to talk a little bit more about I didn't know South Liverpool that well we moved we were in uh, kind of broad green area of Liverpool which was a little bit further sort of east of, of, of everything and I, and, I, and I didn't know it as well as I as I, as I, I know I'm going to get to know it again, but like Paul McCartney showed me around, I was very jealous. I don't know what video came up, you know, when you're watching YouTube or something stuff and, and something came up and it was James Corden, you know, he does his uh, carpool thing, carpool yeah. karaoke. And it was the one where he had uh, Sir Paul McCartney in with him. I thought, oh, you lucky bugger. Paul was really on for it, you know, he's really, you know, I, I don't, I think he's quite a down to earth guy. I don't, I don't think he's a, it, 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 he's obviously a very famous and very rich rich man and everything that goes with that but I still think he's got uh, he's down to earth and I th- and I'd really like to I'd really like to have a chance to have a chat with Maka and and uh, and let him tell me some stories and some tales and I can talk about my <laughs> and I can talk about my dad a little bit as well yeah they went to the same school but they were uh, my dad was about 10 years I went to the institute opened his uh, performing arts academy at the Liverpool Institute but they yeah they went to the same school they knocked around the same places and everything and my dad taught at the same school that John Lennon was at at Quarry Bank as well so there'd be lots to talk about who would you least want to be stuck in an elevator with and why oh who would I least like to be stuck in an elevator with um well oh dear me that's a good question um, I'll See, probably... me, me, I'll help you a lot. If it was me, yeah. uh, that Matt Hancock, I would not want to be stuck in a little bit with Matt Hancock because I think if he was talking away to me, I'd probably yeah. pull my own teeth out and think that saved me a fortune later on in dentistry. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> and probably less painful. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> that's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. For, I'll probably go for a politician. Um, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd least like to be stuck in an elevator with Dominic Cummings. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that would be a dreary, that, 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 would, be, be a, that would be painful. Just like, oh, come on, oh, you know, that, that, well, I, I, you know, he's a, he, he really is an arrogant uh man who, who thinks think... he could just, you know, um. You know, shape things and everybody's lives in exactly the way he sees fit, and he thinks he's got much more power than he ever should have had, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator with him. I'd have something to say to him, and I might do something I regret, or say something I regret anyway. I think if I was stuck in an elevator with him, I'd turn it to Bruce Willis and start looking for elevator shafts to climb along and <laughs> get out of there as quick as possible. <laughs> well, look, it's it's been great talking to you, Gareth. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm going to play one of your songs. Is there any song you'd like me to play, and would you like to introduce it? Well, um, as it's our well, let's go. For, uh, our singles out at the moment. Everyone can hear our uh, our song ceremony. But I'd like you to play one of our songs, and I think we're all looking forward. The, the sun's starting shiny here in East London at the moment. Uh, we're all looking forward, and all everything. It's it's on our lips about when we can get out and travel, when we can get out there and be with friends, go on holiday, and with a view to an optimistic future in the next few months. I'd really like you to play our song Vacate, Dennis. Okay, Gareth, I'm Dennis Devon. This is the NMF Podcast. Gareth, would you like to introduce your song? Listeners, on New Music Friday, this is Engines Made From Soup with Vacate. Thank you very much, Gareth. Have a great day and it's great talking to you. Great talking to you, Dennis.
Take care. Thank you. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Go to 
Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today.
Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Little Timmy's got hold of a marker pen. My wall looks like a coloring book. What am I going to do? Flash! Ah, cleans up the impossible. Wow, he's really made a mess. It's a pain, but we won't stress. In the hall, he's drawn overall on the wall. Lots of scrolls, but we can clean this up. Flash magic eraser, we love you. Flash. Ah, cleans up the impossible. Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. Seven ninety nine a month after 30-day trial starts automatically. Terms apply. The hits just keep on coming. The best songs on the radio. This is my only favorite station. This tempo's way too slow to tell you all there is to know. So I'm going to speed it up. Here we go. When you're holidaying in Rome, but you want it to look like you're at home, Hiveactive lights will come on at night to make your living room nice and bright. Or if you left work in a hurry and you're trying to save some money, Hiveactive plugs let you turn your appliances off whilst you're having your ear chewed off by your boss. How about you're at a romantic dinner for two and you want to check your kids home by curfew? Hive sensors monitor your front door so they won't be sneaking home late anymore. Whew. Because with Hive, you control your home from your phone, from your lights to your plugs to your sensors. See what else you can control at HiveHome.com. Hive products work with Hive Hub. Requires broadband. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. The hits just keep on coming. The best songs on the radio. This is my only favorite station.